This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Say hi to your mom for me. Joining me, per usual, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. You crazy if you think I'm going to walk up some dark alley with a loud orange hat on my head and a whistle. What's up? Or should I say call sign Wolfie T. <laughs> There's already a Wolfman in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Wolfman, Hollywood, Iceman, Merlin, Cougar, Maverick, Goose. Who am I missing? Jest, Jester. Jester. I, you say Ice. Viper. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Why, why does she have a call sign? She's a civilian contractor who doesn't fly. I don't know. <laughs> call sign Charlie. I was like, why is Jester introducing me here with a call sign? Like, why does she need a call sign if it's just like a shorter version of her actual name? Because he goes to the the trouble of instructing all the men to not salute her. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things. Like, you do not salute her. Like, <laughs> I guess it's their first day, and that's why they're in Top Gun. Oh, we don't <laughs> salute people who aren't in the military <laughs> and who aren't superior officers. Isn't that, isn't that day one boot camp stuff? These are supposed to be the best of the best. We're going to fly into the danger zone today. That we are. We have a guest. We are finally talking Top Gun from 1986. Tell you what, I saw before uh, Doctor Strange 2 in the Dolby Theater, they had an extended sneak peek of Top Gun Maverick mm. where they showed... I, I kind of wish they hadn't because it's going to... It, it kind of ruins it having seen it already but it was pretty fucking sweet they showed a clip from Ta- top gun maverick like a full scene of maverick doing uh flight exercises with his new crew and mm-hmm. just taking them out one at a time you know he was the mig that they were chasing and uh and uh he he just uh flew circles around them and just totally embarrassed them and I'm so excited for this uh, this new movie that's coming out later this month. And I tell you what, rewatching the first Top Gun got me even more excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this uh, with the wife uh, for her first time seeing it at the uh, the Dolby Cinema. I can't remember if it was last fall or last May, because I think they might have done it last May for a re-release because it was the 35th anniversary. Anywho, yeah, as I've said, Kenny Loggins is a revelation in the Dolby Cinema. And I was actually a bit surprised that my wife liked it as much as she did. You know, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to get her to watch 80s movies. <laughs> I mean, she likes Tom Cruise just fine. And she likes, you know, action and uh, exciting cinema. But, uh, you know, watching this movie again, there is very little action. The action... And the suspense and the excitement, it all comes from the editing and the, and the cinematography. Because, you know, there's only really a fight at the end. 
Uh, you know, they're yeah. chasing each other around half the movie, you know, basically playing paintball in the air, you know, they aren't really like, doing anything. I guess it depends on how you define action. Cause I think mm-hmm. anytime that they're doing the flight exercises, I would categorize that as action, even yeah. though they're not like blowing each other up and mm-hmm. shooting each other down. Like it's the chase is so exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, this was a innovator for action films. I mean, it changed cinematography for at least aerial photography forever. And I, I saw the Iron Eagle actually came out before this. If you watch Iron Eagle, which I think we're going to uh, next uh, spring when we do movies from our youth, that'll be one of my picks, I think. But comparing it, you know, they came out like four months apart and it is jarring how, how much better Top Gun is than Iron Eagle in terms of, I mean, in terms of everything, but mostly with the area of photography. I've never seen Iron Eagle. Mm. You're in for, it's a treat though. It's a treat. But yeah, I mean, obviously it is thrilling and there's action with stunts. You know, there's doing stunts with planes. That is action, but not in like a typical, like you're thinking of an action movie, you're thinking of uh, good guys fighting the bad guys. Yeah. You know? And they don't do that until the very end. <laughs> They're getting ready to do that. The whole movie is training to do that. And Goose, I thought, you know, I was thinking, I was trying to transport my mind back to what audiences were thinking when they watched this in 86. I think Goose dying has got to be one of the most surprising cinematic deaths ever. It's crushing. I don't think people crushing. Yeah, it is crushing. And I don't think people saw it coming. No, why would you? Yeah. Why why would you expect him to to, to be? Why would you expect any of them to die, first of all? But like. Mm -hmm goose of all people like he's he's the one good guy he's got his wife there he's got his son there like man like he's he's the one that you least want to go (laughs) (laughs) although it makes a little more sense you know watching it uh, these days with how many times uh maverick breaks protocol throws the rule book out the window doing things he shouldn't with goose you know goose even berates him a couple of times i mean not berates him but you know he criticizes his flying definitely a couple of times (laughs) but anywho i suppose we should uh start with the details here top gun was directed by the late great tony scott who got this job actually uh because the producer saw a Saab commercial that he did in which a Saab raced a jet it's like well he's already shot one jet let's (laughs) Let's have him do a whole Brockheimer Don Simpson film. Let's do that, but with a motorcycle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this this movie is like quintessential 80s slash early 90s Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is like all his trademarks in one movie. And it's amazing. Yeah, I think we talked about uh, when we did an episode on Days of Thunder, how similar Top Gun is to Days of Thunder. Like with the editing, with the with the story, somewhat is kind of like Top Gun, you know, on the racetrack. Yep. Plot details are somewhat similar, with the crash in the middle. Although you know the guy doesn't die, but it's you know it's edited the same way. They actually, I just think Days of Thunder kind of loses steam, like the after about the first half or so. Because mm-hmm. over the first half or first half hour of Days of Thunder, I'm just amped. I got a good soundtrack, <laughs> just like this, which this the Top Gun soundtrack went nine times platinum 
the biggest soundtracks ever. I'm not surprised. Kenny Loggins and then uh, Take My Breath Away by uh, Berlin. Is it Berlin? Yeah, just ruined Berlin's career. It <laughs> <laughs> was, wasn't Berlin one of those acts where it's like they, they got a, a song in a movie that was like totally the opposite of what all their other music uh, catalog sounded like. And so, like when when people heard their other music, they were super disappointed. Yeah, they're a bit more poppy. Um, yeah, in the Top Gun Maverick, there's a Lady Gaga song. So I'm guessing that's going to be the new new love making anthem. Man, they better backlight that love scene. <laughs> they better. Yeah. <laughs> we need a blue <laughs> backlight. I gotta say, watching the trailers for Top Gun Maverick, like it looks very much in the style of Tony Scott's direction of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it looks like it. It really follows the formula, and uh, yeah, makes it even more exciting. I can't wait for it. I heard remnants of the original score, like Kenny Loggins and stuff, on the, one of the trailers. Yeah, so I'm hoping sure. that. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't mind an updated. Uh, track but i would like to get at least one scene of just original mid-80s kenny loggins danger zone that's what i want as long that's as you don't put a hip-hop beat behind it right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe slow it down uh, slow it way down and have a, a moody female singer sing it <laughs> uh, put some strings in there some uh some orchestral instruments so let's go through the cast. Tom Cruise is, of course, Maverick. Is it Pete Mitchell? Is that his name? Yeah, Pete Mitchell, son of Duke. I think it was Duke, right? Yeah. Kelly McGillis is Charlie, call sign Charlie. I forget her name. They say it, but I forget. It's, uh, let me find it in my notes. I'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> Phil Kilmer is Ice or Iceman. Anthony Edwards was Goose. Tom Scared as Viper. <laughs> Man, every time I hear Tom Scared or see him in a movie, I always just think of this scene from Ted. John, all you got to do is not fuck up, and you get my job when I go to corporate next month. You're the new branch manager. All you got to do is not fuck up. Oh, I realize that. Good. Glad to hear it. Because in a month, my life could be your life. A cushy $38,000 a year branch manager who's personal friends with Tom Skerritt? Not a bad life, is it? No. I'm gonna show you something I don't like to show people because I don't want them treating me differently. Boom, that's me and Skerritt. Wow. Goddamn right, wow. I'm gonna dock you for dinging the car and for showing up late today, all right? Try and be a little more responsible tomorrow. I will, sir. I promise. I'm not going to let you down, Goose. What? Tough gun. So? Tom Scarrett. I know that. I, I don't think of him as an actor anymore. He's just like a guy. Like, we, work, we worked on my garage two months ago. Helped me hang a garage door. You ever hang a garage door with Tom Scarrett? No. No. You ever uh, go miniature golfing with Tom Scarrett's wife and her kid? No, you haven't. Did you ever uh, watch a, bull, a Bulls game, Chicago Bulls game in Chicago with Tom Skerritt? No. No, you haven't. All right? Liberty 
Fast track, Scarrett, John. Thank you, sir. Oh, Every mini golf with Tom Scarrett's wife and her kid. No. <laughs> oh man. Ever hanging across toward Tom Scarrett? Like I think there's a on the special features. I think there's like a line of Rama where they do a bunch of different takes of things he's done with Tom Scarrett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think of him as an actor anymore. Just a guy. <laughs> 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 it's a pretty funny Photoshop picture of Tom Scarrett. Although he does, uh, I don't know if he does in the uh, Ted one, but in Ted two, Scarrett does make a, a cameo appearance. But um, yeah, Tom Scarrett as Viper, Michael Ironside as Jester, John Stockwell as Cougar, Barry Tubb as Wolfman, Rick Rosovich as Slider. He's Iceman's reel, right? They call uh, the people in the back reels, correct? I, I guess I missed that part. Yeah, they mentioned it a couple of times. I think it'll be in one or two of the clips. Tim Robbins is Merlin. Uh, Clarence Gilliard Jr. is Sundown. You remember from Die Hard? Oh my God, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> He wears uh, aviator shades through the entire movie. Never takes them <laughs> off. Well, he is an aviator, so that's, that's true. It, it it fits. It tracks. Maverick well, wears them quite a bit too, but he likes to take them off and on. Not twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whip Hubley is Hollywood. James Tolkien's character's name is Stinger. I don't think I ever caught that. He's like the commanding uh, officer on the boat in the beginning. Yeah, he's kind of in the there end, throughout. Yeah. Uh, Meg Ryan is Carol. It's Goose's wife. Adrian Pazdar is Chipper. Duke Stroud is... What's that? Is that the son? Maybe not. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, this guy's too old to be the son. He would have been in his 20s. Duke Stroud is Air Boss Johnson. He's a guy who keeps on spilling coffee on himself because of Maverick's flybys. (laughs) Um... Did you look at the bottom of the cast list on IMDb for this? Oh, Wilson, Wilson the volleyball <laughs> is the volume <laughs> uncredited. That's pretty good. I don't think that's the same Wilson. <laughs> this is what happens when anybody can go edit IMDb. It's pretty good though. Can you prove <laughs> it's not the same volleyball? He's got three credits. Was Castaway another Paramount picture? Could have been the same volleyball. So Wilson, the volleyball on his, on its IMDb page, uncredited as the volleyball in Top Gun, uncredited as the cast the as Wilson the volleyball in Castaway, and then Wilson the volleyball in three episodes of the Peter Austin Noto show, <laughs> and he's got four appearances as himself. Including three Saturday Night Live episodes <laughs> <laughs> from 2001 to 2011. Uh, synopsis for Top Gun: As students at the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be best in class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom, like the missionary position. It sounds like a porno uh, synopsis. <laughs> 
They got the good Kelly McGillis, though. Ooh! Well, I love to jump on her bones. Mm. Mid-80s is the only good Kelly McGillis. <laughs> Notice she's not in the new one. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people were commenting about uh, Tom Cruise's looks. Say, oh, he looks just like he did in 86. You know, he hasn't aged. It's like, well, I can, you know, I can tell he's aged quite a bit. But, I mean, yeah. he obviously still looks great for his age. He's 58 now. This is about three years ago when he made this. So yeah, it's a little hard to tell. I was trying to work out the math and maybe they'll explain it in the new movie, but clearly goose's son is a top gun student in the new movie. Yeah. And so the, the original came out in 86 and his son was already a few years old then. And say mm-hmm. the new movie is set in like 2019 like his kid would be like 36 years old. <laughs> Late bloomer, I guess. Like, and he's just getting into Top Gun. <laughs> and even, even if you say, so like there's a scene in, in Top Gun where, where Meg Ryan tells uh, Goose that he's got to take her to bed or she's going to leave him or whatever. Even if you say she got knocked up in that very scene, the kid's still over 30 years old. <laughs> Yep. It's a bit older. Where should we start first? Oh, I guess uh, before I forget, we should mention that uh, Berlin's song, Take My Breath Away, did win the Oscar for Best Song that year. Interesting. I didn't look at the awards. Was uh, It was nominated for three others, like Best Sound Editing or Film Editing, Sound Mixing. Lost all those. Somehow. I don't know how. (laughs) But it... uh, it did win best song. Oh, it's a good song. Good enough yep. song. I don't know what else was out that year that would have gone up against it. I guess I'm not sure what came out that year, but to give you some perspective, the year before, best song was won by uh, Duran Duran for A V to a Kill for the James Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Duran Duran followed by Berlin, just like 80s group after 80s group. Yeah, they were doing the Oscars for the people back then. Mm-hmm to pop stars there was no people's choice in 86 so yeah kind of to piggyback after what we talked about earlier i kind of consider this like the perfect action film because of how innovative it was and with the editing it's everything's so exciting i mean nowadays you know it's i mean there actually hasn't been too many movies like this uh in the subsequent 35 years I'm trying to think of other like fighter pilot movies like there was that uh owen wilson movie behind enemy lines but there wasn't much you know yeah. he gets shot down right away and he's behind enemy lines that's, that's not really a that's not really a airplane movie that's a yeah it's like there there was stealth that i never saw because it was stealth you know wwe produced like three sequels to behind enemy lines <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I know you did it was ted uh, dibiase and a bunch of them no, Ted DiBiase did like the Marine Three, I think. <laughs> okay, Mr. Kennedy was in one of the Behind Enemy Lines sequels, maybe a couple of them, but I, I don't know if they had other wrestlers. And they were they were just straight to DVD. Like uh, they they show a commercial during Monday Night Raw once a week, and then like after a month they'd stop showing them. Can you think of any other uh, fighter pilot movies? I said there was like Stealth, that shitty movie Stealth that nobody liked. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, 
like outside of Top Gun, like this isn't the genre that I am generally drawn to. Mm-hmm. So like I can't even imagine what else has come out that's similar because I probably wouldn't have been interested in seeing it. Ten years after Top Gun, Independence Day came out, and that has a lot of aerial fighting, uh, dog fighting, if you will, with a bunch of F-16s and alien ships. But you know that was decent. You could tell it borrowed a little bit from uh, this film. And that was another. How was that another Brockheimer or Don Simpson? Well, Don Simpson, he was a, he died in I think '96, or I think The Rock was dedicated to him. That came out in '96. <laughs> so that's that's too much coke. Well, The Rock was '97, wasn't it? And I think Independence Day was '96. Yeah. Um. Well, that was a uh, Roland Emmerich uh, directed. Yeah, he directed it? that. But I was the producer. Who was it? Who was it? Uh, I don't know. I I avoided that movie for so many years, and then when I finally watched it, it was like. Uh, I didn't miss much. You sure did. <laughs> you had to see it at the right age. Well, when I was the right age, I didn't want to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It still looks care. like Roland, Roland Emmerich, executive produced uh, Independence Day. Dean Devlin produced Ute, uh, Emmerich, executive, William Fay, executive, Peter Winther, associate. So, yeah. So I Googled movies like Top Gun and it comes up, uh, if you like Top Gun, Iron Eagle, Mm -hmm. Midway, Midway, which came out in 2019, which just looks like CGI thrown up on the screen. Yeah. Same with Pearl Harbor. Uh, Flight of the Intruder from Mm -hmm. 91. Greyhound from 2020. Oh, that's that's an Apple TV. Iron Eagle 2. Yep, and 3. And uh, none of them see. were even close to Top Gun's uh, cinematography. Firebirds from 1990. Yep. Uh, Bat 21. Firefox. I think it was before. Yeah, not a lot of uh, like fighter pilot movies. But uh, yeah, Top Gun was the. It was the second or third hit in a row after the success of Flashdance and Beverly Hills Cop. And speaking of Simpson, watching this movie again, it seems like everyone's on coke. <laughs> Everyone is sweating throughout this entire movie. Well, it's hot in Southern California. Yeah, but like even on the beginning, they're in the boat. Like well, they were the in the Indian Ocean, are. wasn't weren't they? They were in the Indian yeah. Ocean. Maybe in the ocean, but it's still. you know they're in the shade still. <laughs> Everyone's sweating throughout. Well, they're in the danger zone. <laughs> and everyone's, you know, kind of making movements like they're a little jittery. <laughs> Val Kilmer is trying to bite people. And even um, some of the delivery of the lines from Tom Cruise even seemed like a little coked out. Ice, man. Like, I don't know. It just seems like he's gritting his teeth a little bit. <laughs> like he needs a little, <laughs> little coke fix. I should have been looking for coke nails in here. <laughs> That's what I should have done. <laughs> Uh, i'm sure i'm sure the producers are having a good time oh definitely well simpson i think brockheimer was he abstained from a lot of that he was the uh goody two-shoes compared to simpson 
I guess we didn't uh, we didn't mention Simpson in the cast, so apparently he didn't weasel his way into the, <laughs> no, he uh, did the this movie time. this time. I like Days of Thunder. <laughs> I'm gonna drive a car for real <laughs> in the race. Uh, the movie the movie starts off with a fucking amazing looking montage of jets taken off of the uh, the aircraft mm-hmm. carrier. And it's uh, like silhouetted against the uh, the sunrise or the sunset, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, it looks great. And then it, it cranks up that Kenny Loggins danger zone in the background. And mm-hmm. God, what a great way to start a movie. Just gets <laughs> you pumped up immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of got uh, unprecedented access, at least up until that time, to uh, film on the ships when the planes are taken off. And like with the aerial photography, uh, they shot the like the plane to plane shots, the mid-air photography. They used a Learjet. Um, so they just put a camera like shooting out the door of the Learjet to get these planes in midair. And then pretty much all the other ones is like they stuck a camera like on the edge of a cliff and then they have the planes fly right at it and get really close. God, it looks amazing. There's a lot of good special features in the Blu-rays uh, about how they filmed all this stuff it was pretty great but yeah i'm very excited to see how they up the ante with top gun maverick i hope, I hope they do it the same way where they have actual planes and stuff and and don't uh mm-hmm. go to the cgi route well the crazy thing is like top cruise actually flies a plane for the new top gun now he's in the movie i forget uh what jet he's supposed to be flying it's not that one it's made to look like it. He's flying a different jet in real life, but mm-hmm. they shoot it like he's flying the jet like he's supposed to in the movie. But he's still flying a, a you know a jet. You know he learned how to fly a helicopter for the last Mission Impossible film. It's been like two years doing that, and then <laughs> so Top Gun Maverick premiered at Cannes uh, last week. Tom Cruise showed up in a helicopter. He just dropped down <laughs> on the red carpet, and then he gets out in a suit, dusts himself off, and walks right over to the uh, the gallery and. Does an interview in front of everyone. God, it's hilarious. He's just a fucking badass. <laughs> well, he's making fu- he's making up for his uh, short stature. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw some of the behind the scenes where he's like the boot camp. He kind of put uh, everyone else through, like uh, uh, Miles Teller and some of the other pilots, taking him up in the planes. Uh, you know, getting that real G force. I'm not sure if um, he had if some of the other actors actually flew. Uh, some planes in preparation or uh, on camera, but he really put everyone through the ringer to get everyone prepared for this. Yeah. I hope it pays off because it uh, sure as hell looks like it in the trailers, but yeah, I, I remember hearing about Tom Cruise, you know, learning to to fly a plane for this. And obviously he does a lot of his own stunts, even though he doesn't have to. And mm-hmm. uh, he's yeah. kind of been that way for, for years now. Where yeah. he'll just do like stupid stuff, just uh, <laughs> just so that it, you know, I don't know if he's got a death wish or or what, but uh, he's like, we gotta make it look real, you know. That's why I kind of did a one eighty on him, and I admire him so much. I mean, I used to, I loved him growing up, and then there was about a five ten year period where I didn't really care for him at all, in the aughts, basically. Right. And then he kind of did that uh, small role in Tropic Thunder that was hilarious. I'm like, okay, he can kind of almost poke fun at himself, not really himself per se, but, you know, take a, a role like that to be so as funny as he was, was pretty, 
pretty surprising. And then after that, it's like, I, I've learned a lot about him through other people's stories on different podcasts and things like that. Just behind the scenes stories from even as far back as like Jerry Maguire and how dedicated he is to everything and working with the other actors and the lengths he goes to, to get scenes and films, right. Even if they, even if they turn out to be a shitty movie, like he really thinks that whatever movie he's on is going to be great. And he's going to do everything he can to make it great and for the audience to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it doesn't always work out, but you see, he really comes off as a genuine person and he does like nowadays, all he, he does all these stunts that he doesn't need to. It's like, he's just risking his life to make the shot just a tiny, tiny bit better. <laughs> right. So yeah, he's uh, he's dedicated. I guess we could uh, get into the story a little bit. Uh, there's a couple of pilots in the sky, Maverick and Cougar. And uh, there's some MIGs in the area and they get a little too close to Cougar and kind of freak him out a little bit. Yep. And he's uh, a little shell-shocked almost. And he he's not really responding to anything and he's got to land and they're running low of fuel. Maverick's supposed to land and he uh, pulls up at the last second and uh, rejoins Cougar to try and take him in uh, on his wing. Mm-hmm. See, this this was a little confusing to me because I... They have the, the two bogeys or the two megs. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, as soon as they lock in the target, like they, they got the missile target and they can lock on. As soon as they lock on, the meg just flies away and they, they never actually shoot them. Yeah. And then uh, at, at one point, uh, Maverick pulls this stunt where uh, he ends up upside down, mm-hmm. flying inverted above the the man bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and he gives him the finger as goose takes a, a polaroid photograph from the back seat <laughs> and uh yeah like you said uh, cougar is spooked by the whole situation and uh maverick manages to get him uh landed safely but uh it gets maverick you know his name suits him they call him maverick for a reason because he doesn't follow the rules does what he wants and uh his commanding officers they got to respect him for his skills but they they hate him for his attitude um so yeah he he helps cougar land that was a pretty shaky landing by cougar but he got him on the on the aircraft carrier and uh, this leads us to our first clip uh cougar turns in his wings he quits and so stinger uh tells maverick and goose that they're going to top gun because cougar was number one but he quit so now they moved up the list you know he's got to send somebody yeah and they're the best they like you said they don't follow the the rules to the letter of the law but you can't deny their skills he's sending them to miramar i can't believe i'm sending you to miramar (laughs) which is in uh by san diego which is where the uh, Top Gun school was at the time. And now I've read that they moved it to an Air Force base in Nevada. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is the, I guess, the intro to the Top Gun school. They're in Korea, and the Navy kill ratio was 12 to 1. We shot down 12 of their jets for every one of ours. They're in Vietnam, that ratio fell to 3 to 1. Our pilots become dependent upon missiles. They lost some of their dogfighting skills. Top Gun was created to teach ACM, air combat maneuvering, dogfighting, 
This gives me a hard on. By the end of Vietnam, that ratio is back up to 12 to 1. Don't tease me. Lines, please. I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce you to our commanding officer at Top Gun. The very first man to win the Top Gun trophy. You will not find a finer fighter pilot anywhere in the world. Commander Mike Medcalf. Call sign Viper. Gentlemen, you are the top 1% of all naval aviators. The elite. Best of the best. We'll make you better. Fly at least two combat missions a day, ten classes in between, and evaluations of your performance. Now, in each combat sequence, you're going to meet a different challenge. Every encounter is going to be much more difficult. We're going to teach you to fly the F-14 right to the edge of the envelope, faster than you've ever flown before. More dangerous. Now, we don't make policy here, gentlemen. Elected officials, civilians do that. We are the instruments of that policy. And although we're not at war, we must always act as though we are at war. What are you doing? Tip the spear. Just wondering. Best be sure. Who's the best? In case some of you wonder who the best is, they're up here on this plaque on the wall. The best driver in Israel from each class has his name on it. And they have the option to come back here to be Top Gun instructors. You think your name's going to be on that plaque? Yes, sir. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company you're in. Yes, sir. I like that in the pilot. Just remember, when it's over out there, we're all on the same team. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. Dismissed. Thanks, going. The plaque for the alternates is down in the ladies' room. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you kill me. You really do. No, 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 no. There's two O's in Goose, boys. Well, Goose found that joke uh, about the ladies' room. Very <laughs> funny. <laughs> so I, I think the uh, the guy in the back... I think they they call them the rear, not the real. I think he just says it funny. So they say it a couple other times, and I thought, you know, at first I thought, well, it made sense that it would be rear because they're using the rear, but I thought he said real, and I played it back. But yeah, I mean, I'm fine with saying it's rear until somebody in the military tells us otherwise. Yes, I, uh, I guess we could have turned the uh, subtitles on. Yeah. Anyways, it's not important, I don't think. Yeah, I was curious what real meant, if it was indeed real. Yeah, I, I think I, now hearing that clip back again, I, I, I'm i pretty sure it's rare, because I, I feel like that's how I heard it, and, okay. and that would make sense. Okay, so uh, this actually leads into our next clip pretty quick, because they go right from here to uh, to go out and have some fun at the... Uh, the Navy bar. <laughs> it's it's animal night at the club. Animal night. Yeah. Did you see the sign out front? It's an mm. animal night. I don't know what that means. It didn't have the, the name of the club. I don't think I couldn't or the bar or whatever it is. The hangout. Mm. But uh, all the boys are at the at the bar and uh, 
introducing themselves to each other. And we get to meet Iceman with our next clip. He introduces himself. Uh, I, re- I reiterate, Val Kilmer was the coolest motherfucker on 35mm. And it started with this movie. So I'm wearing my Val Kilmer shirt today. As everybody can see on our audio mm-hmm. podcast. Indeed. <laughs> and no, we're not doing video. No, um, we're not. Yeah, I mean, he was just, it started with this movie and everyone wanted to be Iceman, even though Tom Cruise was the shit. And I mean, yeah, everyone wanted to be Maverick too, but Iceman was kind of the coolest. I mean, he's not a villain, but for the purposes of this movie, he's the antagonist for 90% of it. Well, it's funny is like, he's, he comes off as a villain, but like really he's the good guy because he's like the by the book guy. He's Mm -hmm. looking out for everybody's safety. And he wants to do it exactly how it's supposed to be done. And he, he's genuinely concerned for uh, the other pilots when Maverick starts uh, kind of straying from Hot the, the textbook. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's meet Iceman. Hey, hey, Slider. Thought you wanted to be a pilot, man. What happened? Goose, you're such a dickhead. Whose butt did you kiss to get in here? Huh? Well, the list is long, but distinguished. Yeah, well, so's my Johnson. So you're flying with Iceman, huh? It's Mr. Iceman to you. Hey, Mother Goose, how's it going? I'm doing good, Tom. This is Pete Mitchell, Tom Kazansky. Congratulations on Top Gun. Thank you. Sorry to hear about Cougar. He and I were like brothers in flight school. He was a good man. Still is a good man. Yeah, that's what I meant. Thought so. So you need any help? With what? You figured it out yet? What's that? Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. I heard that about you. You like to work alone. Mav, you must have sold under a lucky star, huh? I mean, first the MiG, and then you guys slide into Cougar spot. No, we didn't slide into Cougar spot. It was ours, OK? Yeah, well, some pilots wait their whole career just to see a MiG up close. Guess you guys are lucky and famous, huh? No, you mean notorious. I'll see you later. Count on it. They were abused children. We're going to have a good time. Always. Another thing about Iceman, everyone, all the guys wanted his hair, right? Oh, yeah. Everyone wanted to look like Iceman. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want that hair? It's luxurious. I still want that hair. And it doesn't, doesn't move. It's frozen in place and in time. That's why they call him the Iceman. <laughs> it's not because he's cool under pressure no mistakes <laughs> yeah he's a good guy still is that's what i meant <laughs> need any help the list is long but distinguished so is my johnson <laughs> there's a bet made between goose and maverick about trying to go home with a lady from the bar that's where Kelly McGillis is introduced and uh, the boys sing her a song. <laughs> I think she's lost that love and feeling mm-hmm. is what they said. I hate it when she does that. <laughs> uh, I think this is about the time we can get into uh, the homoeroticism of Top Gun. Uh, there's a couple of fun videos on YouTube that I'm sure a lot of you have seen. There's the there's the scene from a movie called Sleep With Me in which Quentin Tarantino 
was uh, an actor in that scene for some reason. And he uh, goes into great detail about how Top Gun is about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality, namely Maverick. There's another video as well that just posts clips from Top Gun and like asking these questions like, doesn't this all seem really gay to you? <laughs> that type of stuff. <laughs> but uh, although Tarantino gets something wrong in his at the end, he says that uh, when everyone's cheering on the aircraft carrier at the end, that Iceman tells Tom Cruise he could ride his tail anytime. Tom Cruise says, bullshit, he could ride mine. But it's no, it's all, you can be my wingman anytime. Right. So that's a big distinction. That's, that's uh, yeah. I think he's projecting. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. But uh, yeah, that is, I'll probably post the, those clips uh, with this episode. So you can see for yourself, but yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty funny to think about. Um, there is some stuff in here that is very suspect, <laughs> especially in the first clip we listened to about those two guys in the background while Tom Scarrett's talking. It's like, it's giving me a hard on the other guys says, don't tease me. <laughs> yeah. They're just joking around, but there's a lot of, a lot of stuff like this uh, throughout the film. Although I could say, I could also say it's not too surprising. I mean, they're all in the Navy, right? Right. Yeah, we know the Navy's uh, reputation. <laughs> Although, I mean, to be fair, uh, it's given me a hard on. As uh, it's pretty common vernacular for anything that gets you excited. <laughs> <laughs> and he was getting excited about the uh, the uh, the the um, the kill ratio uh, in Korea and Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the real charlie over in vietnam yes there's also the of course the beach volleyball scene with wilson <laughs> <laughs> everyone's got their shirts off except for goose of course because anthony edwards is he's, he's not, not there for eye candy he's not well he's married <laughs> yeah. to, to a woman and then the song playing, you know, playing with the boys is going on in the background. <laughs> Although I think that was just, uh, just a I, pander to the, uh, the females in the audience. I see no problem with the volleyball scene. <laughs> they all had a great scene. I can tell you, if you, if you find homoeroticism in the volleyball scene, <laughs> that says more about you than it does about the movie. That's a you problem. <laughs> That's a YP. But although that scene does not make any sense, <laughs> why it's there. Well, I don't uh, He needed a reason to show up late to dinner. And then to ask, mind if I take a quick shower? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most unrealistic thing in this whole film. That line. Mind if I take a shower? At a first date at the girl's house, she invites you over for dinner. You show up sweaty from playing beach volleyball with the boys. You take a shower? Yeah, sure. First time in my house. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to show up stinking and sweaty and nasty. And then I'm just going to change back into my shitty, nasty clothes <laughs> after the shower. Yes. Dirty my towels. <laughs> yes. Rummage through my medicine cabinet. Yes. You're already late. I don't mind waiting another half hour for dinner. <laughs> it's already cold. I can just reheat it in the microwave. Yeah, but you got her back because she forgot the wine. <laughs> It was on the table. She just didn't pour it. <laughs> yeah. 
so okay we can go back to the i guess the spot in the plot we were at so he i guess he crashes and burns with kelly mcgillis she's there with some other guy he follows her into the women's bathroom lays his charm down again gets rejected again although it's a little more uh this what would you call it she well she's she's a little more reciprocal to it yes she's uh, more receptive to his to his game yes. that he's spitting because she walks by goose and says your your friend was magnificent so that he'd win the bet and uh it's it's interesting how she reacted to a man coming into the bathroom behind her <laughs> uh, <laughs> i hope they do that scene in the new movie <laughs> <laughs> And we'll see how it goes. By the way, her 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 name is Charlotte Blackwood. As that is uh, Charlie's full name. Well, you know, Brett, this was like we said. You know, this was uh, the sequel was made like a th- few years ago. Yeah, I suppose Me Too was twenty eighteen. Oh, it was before Time's that. Up, I think twenty eighteen. Uh, well, I I want to say it was uh, it was around twenty fifteen. No, because there was. Is when Trump was in office when Harvey Weinstein got pinched. Okay, so uh, the accusations started coming out against Weinstein in the fall of 2017. Okay, um, and he was arrested, charged with rape in New York in May 2018. Found guilty in February 2020, but yeah, 20 uh, so fall 2017 is when Me Too started, which may have been a little before the production that started or. Maybe it was right around the same time, but I was, you know, I was hoping, well, maybe they, they filmed some scenes before the Me Too, and then of course they probably just cut them out. And then, you know, they've had five years now to cut things out. Well, I was thinking, well, was Weinstein the first Me Too? Because I thought they, they kind of got it started and then he got picked up in it. Well, like even on, uh, um, but I guess he was the first. On Wikipedia, it says, name. you know, the allegations sparked the Me Too social media campaign. Okay. Not that you know he was the only one at the time, but he was the kind of the the big enchilada at the time. And it was an open secret. <laughs> everyone started coming out with allegations against everyone after Weinstein. So that's yes. why in the fall it wasn't just Weinstein; it was others. But yeah, no. I I was going to mention. So we kind of glossed over it, but the way that Maverick tries to pick up Charlie is he and goose start saying you've lost it that loving feeling Mm -hmm. and then all the boys chime in on the chorus yep and uh they recreated that and i i think it was scream 2 they recreated that scene okay it's been a while (laughs) since i've watched that one (laughs) obviously it's one of the the meta jokes in scream uh in the scream franchise where they reference a movie and then they, uh, you know, they re redo it or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's get back to the plot and start moving it along. We're only about 20 minutes in, I think. <laughs> um, so the next day, the next morning, there's a guest speaker, <laughs> civilian contractor to talk to the pilots and it's, it's Charlie so you, call sign Charlie. So you don't salute her. <laughs> and then, uh, so little egg on his face maverick and goose uh, but then they kind of put egg back on charlie's face when they you know tell her about the inverted mig situation with the polaroid yeah uh, mig can never do a 4g vertical 
dive turn or whatever she says and he's like yeah i can i did it i was right out of task <laughs> well how, how how could you see him because i was inverted oh, bullshit <laughs> he was inverted in his f14a tomcat that's what they're flying was, in here it was two meters away about one and a half <laughs> got a really good polaroid of it <laughs> so yeah this uh leads to their first training exercise first hop call them hops Hop one. There's a lot of hops. And uh, they're going up against Jester, Michael Ironside. And they uh, they take him out, although they do below the hard deck, which is like the 10,000 feet. Uh, rules of engagement call for you know, all the aerial combat to be above 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Although Jester, it's like Jester flew below it himself. Yeah, like he cheated. Seemed, yeah, he cheated. So, but yeah, that leads to our next clip because to celebrate getting Jester... Maverick does another flyby. <laughs> Permission to buzz the tower. Permission denied. Uh, pattern is full. It's like, I don't know. What, would they ever allow a flyby? <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? He's, he's like the best pilot they got. Yeah. So you're going to kick him out of the force. <laughs> um, so he buzzes the tower. The guy spills coffee all over, his, all, all over himself. And uh, he is not happy about it. I don't know if uh, your clip is hit the guy's reaction after he spills coffee, but before they get called up to the uh, the um, the office to get reamed out is, is when we get the famous scene of Iceman telling Maverick how dangerous he is. He, he doesn't <laughs> like him. And then he does the teeth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he is dangerous. <laughs> it flies true. by the seat of his pants. Iceman is... Uh, He's right. Everything he's writing he checks his right. body can't cash. <laughs> That's a common trait of Mavericks everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, here's the clip. It's just uh, um, them getting reamed. Or I should say, the guy's reaming uh, Tom Scared, basically. Two of your snot-nosed jockeys did a flyby on my tower and over 400 knots. I want somebody's butt. I want it now. I got it. People uh, like going back to the homoeroticism, you know, people talk about butts in here quite a bit <laughs> and how they want them. I want some butts. <laughs> want to have somebody's ass. We're, we're talking about uh, this movie's rated PG. I think we were talking about that before we started recording, but uh, it's rated PG. So I mean, that explains why they don't have like hardly any swearing in it. Um, and it's 86 PG. So, so I think it's after the PG 13 came into effect yeah and then obviously with, with the cooperation of the navy i'm sure they they preferred to have clean language uh so as to keep their reputation uh mm-hmm. above board but the sex scene is very erotic not something you'd see in a pg film today well i think that's just the to- the tony scott touch <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also i mean <laughs> with the rating you know that's pg in the 80s allowed that PG, even in the 90s, probably wouldn't allow that. You didn't see anything like that in blank check. I don't want to get too off topic, but the 13-year-old. This this <laughs> reminds me of the discourse about the new Doctor Strange rating. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Anybody who says that movie should be rated R hasn't seen too many rated R movies. 
or other PG-13 movies, apparently. I don't know. Well, I mean, I remember when that topic came up when The Dark Knight came out because it was somewhat violent and everyone thought the Joker was so sinister and scary. And, you know, it could have warranted a, an R rating. And I, I don't know. If, uh, I, I have a feeling that people are used to bringing little kids to Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And like there's different things in the Doctor Strange movie that you don't see in a lot of Marvel movies. Like, because it's about like evil magic and shit. I don't know. But it's so cartoony. Like it and and like there's not much blood. Like there's maybe one or two scenes with blood, but um like the violence is I I didn't think it was anywhere near on our level, but uh I don't know. Like it wasn't worse than like Endgame or Infinity War uh, from a violence perspective, I thought. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that movie. <laughs> Neither do I, because I have not seen it. Dumb. And I'm good. not going to. See, so, yeah, uh, where do we get to next here? He just got reamed. Okay, so uh, Viper uh, continues the, the reaming, although he's a very soft-spoken, uh, the Viper. You kind of tells him, you know, you need to follow the rules or you'll be kicked out. And then he, uh, after they leave, he says to, uh, is it Michael Ironside's character? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Slider. Jester. Jester. Says to Jester, he's a wild card, completely unpredictable, flies by the seat of his pants, just like his old man. <laughs> <laughs> so the, they plant the seeds. Why is Maverick the way he is? And uh, at some it's point, all hereditary. We, at some point, we find out that his dad was like a, t- a top fighter pilot, and then he just disappeared on a mission, and nobody knows what happened to him. But there's rumors that uh, it was his fault, the accident, and it cost the lives of other men. And there's a great shame on the Mitchell name. Yes. And even in the next scene, we get Goose having a bit of a heart to heart with uh, Maverick. And he, he reminds him, he says, You're Duke Mitchell's kid. You're flying against ghosts. Mm-hmm. It's all very touching. Um, so then after that, where do we get to? Maybe I think it's maybe beach volleyball time. Yeah. Well, Charlie sets up the dinner date. So mm-hmm. he, he finally wears her down mm-hmm. by sexually harassing her throughout the, the entire movie. And uh, she agrees to have a dinner with him at her place. Five 30 sharp. But uh <laughs> As you said, we got to play some beach volleyball first. He's been, I think he played about four games because I think Goose is that the last one tied it up and we can beat these guys. Come on, one more game, the rubber match. But uh, Maverick says, no, I'm already late enough. <laughs> I'm going to throw on this leather bomber jacket in the San Diego heat and drive my motorcycle over to my date's house and take a shower. I like how he's always checking his watch. You know, he, he, he checks it kind of weird. Like he, he looks at it kind of weird, but yeah. he's constantly checking his watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too that like they show Maverick spiking the ball like multiple times. And like, there's no way that dude can get up over the <laughs> like, no it's way. It's like you have Goose. He's the tall one. They do show Goose spike it like once or twice, but yeah, Maverick's the one doing all the spiking. It's like, you know what? Maybe he's he can jump, but you know, not over the net, <laughs> right? Not with five eight Maverick. 
And Goose, he's taller, but he doesn't seem like much of an athlete. Yeah. Maybe they lowered the nets to make it more fun. Was Goose wearing a cut-off jean shorts and a a T-shirt? Well, I know he's wearing a tank top, but I can't remember what shorts he's wearing. I wasn't looking down there. I just just want to think that he's wearing cut-off jean shorts, but uh, that might just be my imagination. He's got a mustache. (laughs) He kind of seems up his alley. Because I think when he's... uh, He's a big jeans guy. Uh, I think in the when he's singing with the family, isn't he wearing jeans and like a shirt tucked in, you know, with the belt? And... Probably. The tucked in t-shirt is a staple of the eighties, guys. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's get to the dinner. I already talked about it a little bit, but so what the? F- okay, she he shows up. She's pissed, rightfully so. But what the fuck is she wearing? She just had like, just like a robe on. It's like, you're expecting this first date and you just wear like this robe, basically. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Was it, I thought it was, I was thinking it was like a sweater or something. She's like but... bumming around the kitchen and it's like, this thing is, is thin and it's flowing like a robe. And I think <laughs> she changes into something more when they're outside, you know, having the wine and the dinner and stuff. But Maybe she was going to go take a shower because he wasn't coming. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like she was like, she's bumming around the kitchen. It seemed like you can hear her sliding around. Like she's wearing slippers or something. Mm-hmm. And I think she's just wearing a robe. I was like, what the, both of you are wearing the completely wrong thing for this. <laughs> Should be wearing a robe, but he shouldn't be wearing sweaty clothes that he's been playing volleyball in for. Cause he's just wearing jeans too. When he's playing volleyball, he's wearing jeans. he's probably thinking you know i gotta go on a date after this i'm gonna need jeans can't wear shorts yes can't bring an extra pair of jeans heaven forbid i don't go home and take a shower and change the the date improves a little bit by the end but it was still a little awkward as tarantino pointed out in sleep with me he's like they don't even have sex you know he leaves and she's like what the fuck you tell like she she wanted it to go further, it seemed like. Mm. And then as Tarantino says, you know, he, she thinks he's gay, so <laughs> she's going to dress like a man to try and <laughs> pull him back in. Because <laughs> the, next, the, like, the next scene, basically, the next day, uh, Tom Cruise is working out again, sweaty again, walking into the elevator, and she's there. She's, as Tarantino says, dressed like a guy. And she's got the hat pulled down. And I saw, actually, I read uh, the reason for that. Um, is because that was part of a, uh, the reshoots and she was already doing another film and she had changed her hair color. So mm-hmm. she had to hide, hide her hair. So they put that, that big cap on her, put all her hair up there to hide it. Right. Well, but, and then um, she, she criticized him in front of the class too. Right. And, uh, and yeah, then that's like, after that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is like, it's funny. Cause, uh, what he did, uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but what he did was obviously not textbook, but it worked. It worked very, very well. Mm. But like she says, you know, it's an example of what not to do, even though it worked. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was that a uh, slider leans over to him. He's like, gutsiest move I ever saw, man. Yeah. Like he's even getting praise from slider. I wanted to point out the, uh, while they're at her house, he's nostalgic for Otis Redding's sitting on the dock of the bay which uh, mm. came out in 1967. 
So it was like 19 years before the movie came out. And he's like, oh, my parents, they used to make me play this all the time for them. They'd go, you know, go put it on the record player. And I was thinking, man, if you did that today, that'd be like reminiscing about Get Low by Little John and the <laughs> East Side Boys. <laughs> oh, the early aughts, man. <laughs> like, oh, man, my parents used to listen to this all the time. <laughs> From the window to the wall. So the sweat drips down my balls. All these females crawl. Uh, skeet, <laughs> radio skeet, edit. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, skeet, skeet, goddamn. You can't say skeet on the radio. <laughs> I like how they censored that song by just having them say skeet twice as many times. Uh, skeet, 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 skeet. <laughs> um. But it's weird to think about stuff like that. Like, like back when you're growing up, like, you know, you listen to the oldies station, it'd be stuff from the, like the fifties and sixties. And they're like, Oh man, that's not so fucking in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, like the same uh, music that was coming out, you know, when we were kids would be playing on the oldies stations. Now, you know, it'd be just as old and it makes me feel old. Yeah, so uh, she criticizes his flying, and then he storms off, pissed, you know, he's all pissed, and she chases after him, and he's ignoring her, and then she chases after him in in her car, which is the same car that Eddie Murphy drives in 48 hours. (laughs) It's that, uh, I looked it up, so I've seen two different makes for that vehicle, Porsche, and then when we talked about 48 hours, it had some weird name when I looked it up on ICMDB or whatever, Internet Car or Movie, no, IMCDB, Internet Movie Car Database, um, where you can look up every car and every movie. It was like Inter Mechanica or, you know, uh, Mechania or something, like 365. And then I looked it up here and it was like some Porsche Roadster. So I think mm. Porsche just bought that car company. Maybe. Yeah. Anywho, they, uh, that's the car from. 48 hours the same color too as well they're both black yeah the one in 48 hours was covered in dust <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's hard to tell what, what color it actually was <laughs> uh, yeah she uh, chases him down and uh he lets her know that his his plane and his crew come first and he's always thinking about them when he's in the air and safety first and even though it's not he's about to kill goose but uh yeah this is the the famous blue backlit love scene <laughs> take my breath away very erotic yes i think my parents maybe leave the room probably they do play take my breath away a lot during this portion of the movie yeah like it it repeats several times because mm-hmm. yeah i mean when we talked about crocodile dundee i was saying how i think crocodile dundee was like the second movie basically i remember ever watching or at least the first like non-animated movie. Mm-hmm. Top Gun was like right after that. Because Top Gun was one of the only one of the first VHS tapes that we bought. So we had ET, Top Gun, and a couple others by you know the, by the late '80s. So this was one of the movies uh, that I used to watch over and over again when I was about you know four, five, maybe even three. So I do remember at a very, very young age. Yes. 
And the, yeah, they, uh, I'm sure they made me leave the room, even though there's no nudity. Still too much for a three-year-old's eyes, I'm sure. It's very sensual. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, so, we, we kind of skipped over uh, Goose's wife and son coming to visit. Um, well, that's, that's after this, I believe. Because they've had sex before they, you know, because she comes with, with Maverick to hang out with Goose and and his wife, Meg Ryan. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I have the note. I believe um, that's basically the next scene because they have great family time at that bar, singing on the piano, singing yeah. Jay Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, I have it. I have it in the uh, in my notes after the date at her house, and then before she uh, okay critiques him. But that might be just them. I was thinking that was them coming to visit on the plane, and then maybe later they're at the bar. But uh, oh yeah, there's a, there's a scene later where they're at the bar singing. Right after that is basically the the big moment. Goose dies. It's another hop, another training exercise. So Iceman's in the lead. Maverick is two points behind. Mm -hmm. And Maverick and Goose have the need for speed. Hey, Maverick. Yeah. Hear about ice? What's that? Want another one? Really? Yeah. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! It's a great line. Indeed it is. And uh, yeah, um, while he's in the air, he gets caught in the jet wash because uh, he's right behind Iceman. He's trying to take the shot, but Iceman's um, taking way too long. He's kind of out of position. Maverick has a much better position and he won't move until finally he does uh, pull out, so to say, pull up and let Maverick move him for the shot. But as he moves across him, there's a jet wash and uh, the plane goes into a flat spin and the engines go out and plane falls and they have to eject and goose hits his head on the, we call it the, the dome of the plane, the cockpit. Yeah. yeah I, I think you're jumping out a little bit. No, this is a scene where uh, Viper catches them from behind because Maverick abandons his wingman. Okay. And then, uh, and then we get Iceman. I do have a clip uh, from that, I guess. Yeah, Iceman in the showers telling him about how he, he's too dangerous. Mm-hmm. That was some of the best flying I've seen yet. Right up to the part where you got killed. You never, never leave your wingman. Maverick. It's not your flying, it's your attitude. The enemy's dangerous, but right now you're worse than the enemy. You're dangerous and foolish. You may not like the guys flying with you, they may not like you. But whose side are you on? Well, at least Viper got Iceman before he got us. Still got a shot at it. That was stupid. I know better than that. It'll never happen again. I know. 
don't know. So now uh, Maverick's confidence is shaken. Mm-hmm. There's a short scene of him laying in bed looking at a picture of his father. Like Wolverine laying on the bed with his <laughs> hand over the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. They just show that uh, and then they cut to uh, Charlie and Maverick out with the goose and his family and then they sing Great Paul's of Fire mm-hmm. <laughs> which you see that scene and everybody's happy and, ha- happy and having a good time and Goose and his wife are going to go to bed and uh, and then uh, yeah right after that Goose fucking dies <laughs> like, what a swerve what a turn of events but yeah, you were describing that earlier. Um, they have to eject, and and Goose hits his head on the canopy, and so his uh, he gets knocked out, and he his parachute doesn't really uh, work as well as it should, and they they both land. I think his parachute ocean. works just fine. Uh, yeah, gets... I, I, now that I say it, you're right. The parachute came out, but he was already knocked out. Yeah, I think it just basically broke his neck. Uh, when his head hit the canopy and uh so yeah they uh well and then like i'm sure it didn't help when they airlifted him they just kind of like <laughs> <laughs> let him spin up to the fucking helicopter <laughs> like dude might have broke his neck but don't move his neck <laughs> to have the jerkiest motion possible to get him out of here it's hard to stabilize in the sea let's make sure he's dead and uh oh what a devastating scene after that maverick packing up goose's things and then giving them to to his wife Mm -hmm. oh it's breaking my heart tony scott and she doesn't she doesn't really blame him she knows that goose loved flying with maverick they make that clear that it's not his fault yeah like there's five different scenes where he's told it's not his fault there's a big commission and a and a hearing after the investigation and viper wants him up in the air immediately like even like the day of the accident he's like get him up in the air again (laughs) (laughs) but he's uh his confidence is shook and he he wants to he's got no nerve and uh when he does fly he's timid and he won't engage and uh he decides you know that's enough for him he's done with top gun and his, uh, he's with that guy from Die Hard, uh, his, his new rear. And, uh, you know, he's criticizing him and Maverick just loses it on him. And he just kind of decides that, you know, he's, he's quitting. He's going to quit. He's done. Done. Finished. Can't do it. So then he goes to go drink water at a bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> what, he's going to board a plane, right? He's going to fly back home or something? I think so. I think it was like the airport bar. Well, yeah. it wasn't like an airport bar, but he was like at a bar by the airport. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. But uh, Charlie found him. I have what he's having. And then, she, then she leaves before it comes and gets uh, served. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like but, the waitress uh, probably comes back. Like they cut to the next scene, but I can just imagine the waitress coming back with their water. Like, where'd she go? <laughs> All right, here's that clip. May I? 
psychology on him <laughs> called his bluff before i forget in that scene where uh, Iceman's berating him in the locker room while leaving his wingman did you happen to notice the poster on the wall the navy poster maybe i mean it makes sense because they're in the navy and it's a navy poster but i mean they're already in the navy so it's a, it's a recruitment poster you know it's the uh says it's not just a job, it's an adventure. The Navy. Oh, yeah, I, I did see that. Uh, that's right. It reminded me of another Tom Scary movie that we talked about last year. I want that fresh-faced punk picked up on sight. Lieutenant, give us a break. It's not just a job. It's a fucking adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were wondering, when we did that episode, we are like, oh, that's a slogan from some military service. I forget which one. <laughs> I think we found out it was the Navy at the time, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking adventure. <laughs> oh man! Oh Jesus! Tom Skerritt. Did you ever uh, watch a, Bull, a Bulls game, Chicago Bulls game in Chicago with Tom Skerritt? No, no, you haven't. I mean, that wasn't Tom Skerritt saying that, but another Tom Skerritt film. But uh, I think. Uh, Tom Skerritt is in the next clip that we have. 
Yeah, uh, this, they, uh, Maverick goes to Viper's house. Mm-hmm. He's got so many kids. Is it just <laughs> me, or did he have a lot of kids just wandering around the house? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> he did have a lot of pictures on the wall, but I think a lot of those were him uh, in planes and with other pilots. And... Yeah. And then he had his wife there, and uh, they end up going to talk in the backyard. Finds out everything. Finds out the truth about his father, Duke. I flew with the old man. Year 51, they risking him. You're a lot like he was. Only better. And worse. He was a natural, heroic son of a bitch. So he did do it, mate. Fly the way you do? Trying to prove something? Yeah, your old man did it right. What I'm about to tell you is classified. Could end my career. We were in the worst dogfight I ever dreamed of. There are bogeys like fireflies all over the sky. His F4 was hit. He was wounded, but he could have made it back. He stayed in it. Saved three planes before he bought it. I never heard that before. Well, that's not something the State Department tells dependents when the battle occurred over the wrong line in some map. So you were there? I was there. It's on your mind. My options, sir. Simple. First, you've acquired enough points to show up tomorrow and graduate with your Top Gun class. There'd be no disgrace. That spin was hell. It would have shook me up. So you think I should quit? I didn't say that. The simple fact is you feel responsible for Goose, and you have a confidence problem. Now, I'm not going to sit here and blow sunshine up your ass, Lieutenant. A good pilot is compelled to always evaluate what's happened so he can apply what he's learned. Up there, we got to push it. It's our job. It's your option, Lieutenant. All yours. Sorry to bother you on a Sunday, sir, but thank you very much for your time. No problem. Good luck. So lo and behold, he shows up the next day, hat in hand, <laughs> wearing his nice, uh, his dress whites, yes. shows up for graduation. And uh, after the ceremony, finds out that uh, Iceman and Slider, Hollywood and Wolfman, and Maverick, rear to be named later, are going back to the Indian Ocean where the movie started. For the real deal. Yep, there's a, uh, what was it, some sort of a, what kind of a boat was it? Um, I forget. 
Well, they're back on that. I think it's the same aircraft carrier. No, the one that was uh, stuck in the middle of the, it was at engine troubles or whatever. It was, it wanted, it wandered into international waters. So they had to go and protect it. So oh, the mission was, okay. I forget what, what kind of boat it was. I guess but, I, uh, I kind of tuned out at that point. Cause I'm like, they're going to fucking fly some real shit. Now. <laughs> <laughs> shit just got real. So I wasn't, I wasn't uh, paying attention to the details of the actual. <laughs> <laughs> like something was wrong with the engines and it drifted in international waters. And so they were sending out some first response aircraft to go and run security and trying to escort it back. Yeah. And they run the three planes out one at a time. And uh, at one point, there are five bogeys. Six, and actually. Were there six? Mm-hmm. Anyways. They, uh, I think there's two, and then there's four, and then it's five, six. Yeah, they just keep popping up, and, and Wolfman keeps getting harder and harder. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ahead now, eight miles. Wood, you got him? Not yet, I can't see him. They must be close. I'm getting a hard up. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. Uh, so once so, they get up there, uh, Hollywood and Wolfman get fired on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get taken out. Yeah, uh, is it Hollywood and Wolfman or is it they both have rears i forget no yeah they're well, together because yeah wolfman is the rare for hollywood yeah and uh yeah they get shot down so then it's just Iceman by himself and uh, that's why they launch maverick on alert five i think that's yep. how, they, how they phrase it <laughs> and he's um, got merlin back there yeah who I, tim robbins showing up again who, who i saw tim robbins in the opening credits and then i totally forgot to look for him because i'm like i don't know who he plays in this Mm-hmm. And then I saw him in the end credits. Oh, he plays at Merlin. <laughs> so he's in the he's in the opening scene. He was Cougars rare. Yep. And then uh, he gets left behind while they go to Top Gun. And then when they come back, he's Maverick's rare. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it's Iceman versus Six Migs, and uh, Tom Cruise is a little timid still. He doesn't want to engage right away, and it's almost to the point of Iceman's about to get you know, missile locked and blown out of the sky. And uh, Maverick, he snaps out of it. He re-engages with some elite dogfighting skills and a couple of tricks that he that he applied earlier in the film. He uh, blows three MiGs out of the sky. Iceman gets another one. And the remaining two flee. The day is saved. Maverick psychs himself up by holding on to Goose's dog tags and going, Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. While Merlin's yelling at him, <laughs> can't leave Vice Man <laughs> out there alone. And they're they're they can't launch any more planes because the launch mechanism on the aircraft carrier is broken, and it's going to take ten minutes to fix. Mm-hmm. Conveniently, um, yeah, they they clear all the MIGs out, and uh, we do, we get a double flyby. Yeah, fitting. And the guy, uh, yeah, spills coffee on himself again. <laughs> He's gonna have somebody's butt. Is that the same guy that yeah. was there <laughs> yeah. at every other one? Yep. Yeah. I want some butts. 
so yeah, that leads us to our last clip. still dangerous you can be my wingman anytime bullshit you can be mine there it is uh, the movie ends with Maverick tossing Goose's dog tags into the ocean like an well, asshole you, instead of giving it to his wife <laughs> like he should have. <laughs> well, you'd think that'd be the end, but then it kind of drags on. That's right. And, yeah. and he gets he gets uh, he gets to take on any mission that he wants and he mm-hmm. wants to go teach a Top Gun. And then uh, we see Charlie. No, he's back at the bar in Southern California. And uh, somebody plays You've Lost That Love and Feeling on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. And it's Charlie who has chosen to stay back after she heard that Maverick was coming back to Top Gun. Yeah, which, I mean, I always forget about that um, scene with Stinger where he's telling him he's going to come back and teach. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> so then, <laughs> and then it was trailer for Top Gun Maverick. It's like he hasn't been teaching this entire time. Yeah. Like I, he just starting to in top gun maverick i'm interested to see what he's uh (laughs) what what the backstory is he's like just kidding i'm not gonna teach i'm gonna do something else for 30 years like are they gonna acknowledge what happened between him and charlie (laughs) like she came back she had a job in washington dc and she came back to california to be with him and uh obviously i i think he upgrades because i think jennifer connelly is in the new movie Mm mm-hmm so yeah, before we get into fun facts, like I said, this film is so innovative and you know, a lot of the action is just derived from the, I mean, stunts from the planes, but you know, just the way it was shot and the unique camera angles. And they even put some, some cameras in the wings of the plane, mm. you know, to, to aim up towards the cockpit and then also at the, uh, towards the tail to get a couple of shots in midair from that throughout the film. I will say uh, some of the special features about the making of some of that was a little depressing because they talk about how like all the dog fighting in this movie, they would never do in real life, even in like the eighties. Cause like yeah. things like technology was advanced to a certain point where like all the military people that are being interviewed, they talk about how like, well, but by this time, you know, you're making split second decisions, you know, at a, at a large distance. Like you get missile lock way like <laughs> miles and miles from, from the target. You can just launch the missile. Like right. there isn't a lot of dog fighting going on with these, uh, these newer planes. And this was back in the eighties even, but they tried to shoot stuff like that. And it just, it was boring and just looked like shit. Mm-hmm. So they had to kind of add all the, I mean, all the barrel rolls that they're doing, <laughs> yeah, all the military guys are like, yeah, that doesn't really do anything for you. There's no really, not really any, uh, strategic purpose for that there's no tactical purpose you would never have to get that close to to even maneuver in that that type of way Mm -hmm. but it made it more exciting for uh for the film so for the purposes of the shot and you got to get planes in the same shot Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just taking these long these long takes of just one plane in the shot and just be 
back and forth. And it's like, you need them kind of together. Right. Especially there's some really cool shots of uh, four or five planes in the same shot. And they're, um, they're kind of spinning and rotating and dropping high, dropping low. Um, it's pretty cool, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they don't really do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, especially back in, you know, Vietnam and earlier in world war two, especially there's a lot of, you know, dog fighting was, was all the rage. You didn't have to, um, rely on missiles. You couldn't have missile lock, but, uh, especially well, in all technology, it's gonna be inter- interesting how they handle that too. in top gun Maverick. Yeah. Cause now it's now they really don't need to dog fight. <laughs> They don't even need pilots anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird that they have pilots. You're just going to be teaching a bunch of dr- uh, drones how to fly. <laughs> all, all the uh, pilots are just computer programmers. Yeah, just a bunch of fat guys. They need to the... program the uh, the drones AI. Yeah. But uh, all right. Um, anything else before we get into fun facts? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. I know there's going to be a lot for this. There are, yes. Uh, the real Top Gun school imposes a $5 fine to any staff member that quotes the film. <laughs> Here's a fun fact. Uh, stunt pilot Art Scholl was killed during the production of the movie, aged 54. He died when his Pitts S2 camera plane failed to recover from a flat spin and plunged into the Pacific Ocean. Scholl's last words over the radio were, I have a problem. I have a real problem. The exact cause of the crash was never determined, and neither the, the aircraft nor Scholl's body were ever recovered. The film was dedicated to him. Wow. So that, that's pretty sad. Uh, before I forget, uh, I should mention that uh, in the special features, they're also interviewing the crew. So Michael Ironside was talking about watching them film one of the flyby sequences i guess it'd be the one on land of course as he talked about how he was watching it from on he was on top of one of the hangars mm-hmm. and he said how though well, the hangar is only a few stories high and the fl- and the when the plane flew by the tower it was below him he talked <laughs> about how crazy it was to see you know a 14 tomcat fly below him yeah while he's there and it reminded me of I went to this conference in college, like a criminal justice thing in Chicago. And uh, we were staying at the embassy suites. It was just right in kind of downtown on the east side, right by the lake and the Navy pier there. And everything with the conference was kind of in that area. And that week, I think it was in August in 07. And this happened to be the week of the, the Navy pier uh, has a has an air show, a pretty famous air show that's happens every year. Mm-hmm. And two things really stood out during this time because the Dark Knight came out in 08 and a lot of stuff was filmed in Chicago. And they had this weird marketing campaign where they had people hired by Warner Brothers to walk around Chicago with these like uh, vote Harvey Dent uh, <laughs> pins and like they're handing out pamphlets and stuff talking about the characters from the film which was kind of yeah. cool but also with this air show uh the pilots with all these fighter jets and all these different planes that they use they practice during the week leading up to the big air show on the weekend and so i'd be walking down the street and uh and a fighter jet like an f-16 would be flying right above me 
they were inter- they were weaving in and out of the skyscrapers downtown. Jesus, and it was so surreal to see. And even though well, one day I had lunch on top of the uh, the John Hancock Observatory, which is the it's the second biggest building next to the Sears Tower. It's just a I think a few floors shorter than the Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. There's like a there's a bar restaurant on like the ninety I'm gonna say like the ninety fifth floor or something. I was having lunch up there, and <laughs> There was literally planes uh, practicing weaving in and out of the skyscrapers, like hundreds and hundreds of feet below me. It was so crazy <laughs> to watch them like below me. It was like, I was looking into the, like a uh, looking in the ocean or something like that. To see like all the fish swimming, like schools of fighter jets just flying below me. This is like a horrible idea. Like why, <laughs> who would approve that? It seems extremely dangerous. Well, you know, it, it provides, provides good training for the for the pilots you know they the mission calls for flying into an urban area if they, they got to go to moscow let's say you know they got a they got a dogfight in and out, <laughs> even though they don't really need a dogfight but you know flying in and out of the buildings Man, the skyscrapers hope, i hope their skill level is uh top notch <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's a low margin for error flying yeah, through civilian uh, streets like that I took a bunch of videos of it. I don't know where they are right now. So they used to, I, I remember I put them on Facebook at the time, but I think if you go on Facebook now and like videos you posted on there, like 15 years ago, it's like, this video doesn't work anymore. It's like, why? Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> I'm the copyright. <laughs> I shot this personally. <laughs> on my digital camera. Five megapixels, damn it. It's interesting that they would do that like in a post 9-11 world. Just like, yeah. we're going to fly a bunch of planes around these giant buildings. <laughs> yep. It's not going to trigger any uh, <laughs> negative reactions from anybody. But yeah, I mean, they're they're so loud too. And you know, that you wouldn't hear them for a while and you'd be walking all of a sudden. You'd hear maybe a second before they sped, you know, right above you. Right. <laughs> 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 Uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's my little story. What else? Here's a fun fact. So uh, Val Kilmer did not want to be in this film, but was forced to by contractual obligations. Howard became one of his most iconic roles in his career. Who is this? Val Kilmer. Okay. He was contractually obligated. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. I forget what he uh, said when he talked about Top Gun in the documentary. But um, yeah. I know he, I remember he did have a, a studio deal. Charlie's older mandate at the officer's club is the real life Viper, Pete Pettigrew. He's a retired Navy pilot and Top Gun instructor and shot down a MiG during the Vietnam War. He served as the technical consultant on the film. So that's pretty interesting. Here's another fun fact. Here's one you never really think about. Goose saying you kill me when he laughs about Iceman's joke about the plaques for the alternates. It's foreshadowing Goose's death because Goose is killed in the jet wash. And Maverick flew into Iceman's jet wash. So he flew into Iceman's jet wash when Iceman rolled out for the chase of Jester's aircraft, causing both engines to go out Maverick into a flat spin. But yeah, because you could say that, you know, if Iceman would have bailed sooner and allowed Maverick to take the shot, maybe they wouldn't have hit his jet wash. Right. Do you give the film that 
that much credit for foreshadowing that much. <laughs> I don't, but I, I find it uh, entertaining in the IMDb I, trivia. <laughs> I almost, I almost feel like he, uh, he ad libbed that line. Yeah, you know, and may, maybe it just happened to work out. If that was true, I think you'd have to believe all the uh, homoeroticism as as fact. <laughs> And that it's the it's the greatest script ever written because it's about a man's struggle with his own homosexuality. <laughs> oh my god, this is kind of a spoiler. I, I don't even know if I should say this, but you were asking about who Jennifer Connelly is in Top Gun Maverick. Well, I got the answer right here. You want to know? Do I? I don't know. Is that juicy? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's basically from a throwaway line in this movie. A lot, it says mentioned several times prior, but I think it's just once. An incident that Maverick had with an admiral's daughter named Penny Benjamin. Despite Benjamin never seen on screen, she makes her appearance as Maverick's new love interest in Top Gun Maverick, played hmm. by Jennifer Connelly. Now, how would they know that? But maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a cast list um, that gives her last name as Benjamin, perhaps. Maybe. Well, they have had premieres and maybe a couple of early screenings too. So maybe somebody got out. Uh, I don't, it, it depends on when they added that to the uh, the trivia here, whether they had seen that or not. Uh, Maverick's father is named Duke Mitchell. A military pilot died in November 5th, 1965 during the Vietnam War. According to Top Gun's webpage, the name Duke is a reference for Randy Duke Cunningham, a former Top Gun instructor and the only U.S. Navy pilot ace in the Vietnam War who, along his military career, I think that's a typo, along his military career, won the Navy Cross, the Silver Star, and the Air Medal. Uh, he also was congressman from California from 91 to 05. Here's another fun fact. Tom Cruise had to wear lifts in his scenes with Kelly McGillis because he's 5'7 and she's 5'10. Little Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) I can confirm this one too, that Goose was originally to have died in a flaming crash aboard an aircraft carrier, but the Navy objected and the scene was changed to the training accident that has been featured since the film's release. Yeah, they didn't want a big fiery crash in the aircraft carrier. Made them change it. Yeah, I can see why they wouldn't want that. Yeah. But I'm still surprised that they allowed it to be a training accident. It happens all the time. They said it like yeah, 10 times after. You're trying to recruit new people. That's what you do. People die. <laughs> Just It happens. They did say that uh, there was a 500% increase in like enrollment into the, the Navy. People wanted yeah. to be naval aviators. Yeah, I was just going to read uh, writing on the back of the film success the u.s navy set up recruiting booths in the major cinemas to try and catch some of the adrenaline charged guys leaving the screenings they had the highest applications rate for years as a result it looks like goose's real name is nick bradshaw his name is briefly seen on a flight patch on top of his dresser when maverick goes to retrieve goose's belongings after he dies it can also be seen numerous times written on the side of the F-14 he and Maverick fly. It's most noticeable when Goose hits the canopy after ejecting. Here's a fun fact. So it says here that the Top Gun 2 uh, script was completed shortly after the film, but it broke down in pre-production because the military technology had become updated and they didn't want camera crew anywhere near their new aircraft. 
And two, Tom Cruise did not want a sequel and finally agreed to star in one for a very high amount that was deemed unaffordable. (laughs) The script followed the further adventures of Maverick as an instructor of the Top Gun Academy, the twist being a cocky female reminiscent of himself joining the team. So they were doing Me Too in the 80s, I guess. Of a female pilot? Interesting. So progressive. <laughs> when Tom Cruise went up in a real F-14 for the first time, he was with Lieutenant Commander Lloyd Bozo Abel. After Bozo did some maneuvers, Cruise finally had no choice but to reach for his sick bag. However, as he did so, Bozo did a maneuver that put Cruise's head to the floor of the cockpit as he struggled to activate the intercom to tell Bozo what was happening. When Bozo finally leveled the plane, Cruz hit the intercom and said, Bozo, didn't you see I wasn't in your rear view mirror? <laughs> Bozo replied, sorry, but then again, they don't call me Bozo for nothing. Any other big ones you want to discuss? There's a ton of them on here. We've already gone not, over a bunch. Not really. I, I did notice there's a, a few of the, at least a couple of the stunt pilots, it says, went on to become astronauts. So that's yep. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, there's a ton of trivia on IMDb. We didn't even really uh, scratch the surface. But uh, I mean, Top Gun, you'd have to be crazy to hate this movie. Or yeah, who British. was that? Uh, was that Mark? Steve. Oh, Steve. It. Yeah, Steve. Sorry. You'd have to be British. That's right. Because I said us. Steve was being a real Mark. <laughs> We'd have to change it. The, the being becoming a real Steve. Shout out to Movie Drone. They played our promo again uh, for their new episode that came out yesterday. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'd, I'd play their promo, but they don't want it played. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to come up with a new one. They did make a new one. Oh, they but did? I don't think it's a real, <laughs> a real promo. It's a, I forget. They, they played it on a on an episode recently within the last couple okay. of months. Um, but I, it's hard to tell if they, it's a joke or not. It sounds like yeah. a joke. Because I told him to let me know when you got a new one. And I'll play it. Send it on over, boys. Do it. As far as what's coming up, I think we'll do another recently seen next week. And maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll do an episode with uh, John from the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast on Out for Justice. Uh, hopefully uh, scheduling that pretty soon. And I think we'll probably do that time for time that uh, you've suggested. H.G. Wells, Jack Ripper in the 20th century. Yes, time after time. Time after time, sorry. What did I say? Time for time. Time for time. <laughs> the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. But every time I think of the title of that movie, I just start getting that fucking uh, Cindy Lauper song in my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's funny. It's it's set in the modern day San Francisco, which uh, it came out I think in seventy nine. So it's like nineteen seventy nine, San Francisco. Uh, they take the the time machine there. The rules of the time machine don't work the same way as they do in the movie The Time Machine. Like they're kind of related, the two movies, but they're not like direct sequels or or anything like that. But uh, yeah, time after time, I think is a little bit more fun. Uh, Stu, also from the MMC, 
uh, and myself were supposed to record a podcast on Boogie Nights last night, but he had to postpone. Um, but uh, we'll still be doing that pretty soon. And that'll be on their YouTube page. So yeah, go subscribe to that. We got plenty of other episodes on there for your viewing and listening pleasure. Yeah, they're podcast episodes, not like uh, bootleg movies. Apparently they had a problem with people thinking that they uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. their episodes were the actual movie that they were talking about. <laughs> people accused them of having uh, clickbait titles. Yeah, so stupid. <laughs> literally, it literally says Midnight Movie Cowboys like in the title, the episode. That's that's why most of their episodes start with them bitching about people <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to watch the movie on YouTube. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? I think we can wrap it up. No, I think we covered the hell out of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I did get I did lock down a ticket to see the new one on Dolby. It's a few weeks out, but I, I got nice. I got that locked down. So I'm ready to go. All right. Well, why don't you let the people know where they can find some lovely merchandise? And folks, if you don't want to buy anything, that's fine. What you should do support the show is you should rate and review it anywhere. Just do it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify stitcher anywhere it'd be super duper and it would help us out a lot subscribe rate review that's all we need really for sure and if you do want march you can head over to wtm watch this movie.creator-spring.com you can reach out to us you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one also follow us both on letterboxd you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And yeah, like I said, please rate and review. We're pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. Other than that, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case. All right, the bet is $20. $20. Right. You have to have carnal knowledge of a lady this time. 